Okay. Here we have Bradley Genrio Jones. Um, thank you so much for being here. And uh, yeah, yeah, this is usually uh, my coffee and contemplation time to use, yeah. the, um, to use a, a hopper, hopper uh, quote there. Um, so I wanted to just start these little conversations with really interesting people and um, maybe about um, healing or about Zen or Tai Chi or Qigong. Um, and I just wanted to, um, I don't know, see if we could, we could possibly bring an angle to, um, to, to a bigger audience that people don't necessarily hear. So, um, ohayo gozaimasu, that's fun. <laughs> um, okay, so Genryo, Brad, um, you came out of Missouri and you were right. like a skateboarding kind of listening to punk music kind of guy. Yeah. How did that bring you, how did you, what brought you to Zen from that? Where, what was the, um, the impetus that actually made that happen? Well, I mean, I was always like it. I was kind of a <clears throat> awkward, gawky kid. You know, I got I got into skateboarding and punk rock, and uh, and it, me and my friends were, you know, we we formed a band. We were into this music. We formed a band. We we created a venue. We like would rent out the VFW hall and get out of town bands to come. And <clears throat> it was like this great. And it was a great community. There was a lot of kids who. Uh, you know, felt disconnected from their family, from their kids, at, from their friends at school, the other kids at school. So it was like this group, it was sort of a Sangha feeling. And there was this great feeling of like being able to change the world kind of through this really, really loud music. Yeah. Um, so I, I've always thought of like that time as like the, the beginning, the roots, you know, I always thought it would be fun to like trace out, you know, punk songs like line by line with Zen texts. I don't know. I don't, it would, there's connections i think I and mean, it's like it's was the first the beginning of it um and yeah then i went away to college i got into i got i went into college for uh, creative writing poetry and uh, i got into the beats i was really in, into where was that where was that at where'd you go university of missouri yeah cool yeah um in columbia missouri yeah and, so I was doing my best to, you know, emulate the beats. Yeah, me and, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, reading all this stuff and I would, uh, I'd come across, you know, I would, I would uh, trace back from, from what the beats wrote and like look up like Han Shan or original, original stuff, Ryokan and yeah. got into that. Um, and I found a few Zen books and, uh, looked up my local zen sitting group and that's that's how i got connected really yeah 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 with with jundo right jundo tim williams was was running the sitting group there cool cool um and i think i i i, I love the connection of the um i think people don't necessarily understand this but the intensity of the punk um scene is very um People think you know Zen might be sort of this um, kind of myth. sometimes people think cold, kind of um, unemotional. But 
actually the the intensity of that that punk scene um it, it in a way it felt really really similar to to zen in a certain way right yeah absolutely and actually the more like more recently i've kind of come to think of it because i still like have feel this really strong connection with it and i go back and listen to the old music and get energized and what i'm starting to understand is i think it was it's uh like fudo fudo myo is like yeah. this great fierce intensity to start the path i mean like i just remember there's this one like indelible moment that i've always remembered when i was i was 17 or 18 driving around springfield missouri and my i had a 78 thunderbird i got from my parents this enormous old car and i was at this intersection it was a hot summer day you know heat rising off the pavement and i looked over and there was this like you know middle-aged kind of dumpy dour lady in the car next to me it totally ordinary but I just got like seized and I like I had to physically stop myself from like leaning out the window and banging on her window and I just was wanted to scream out it doesn't have to be like this it doesn't have to be like this it doesn't have to be like this and I just like had to stop myself and like pull over I'm like you're cracking up man you gotta just calm down but that's like where I was I mean it was just like this fierce feeling like yes this is this world is so stupid. It doesn't have to be like this. We have to do something. Yeah, yeah. And that was that. I mean, that's always been what's carried it through. I think, and that's what I found. That's what I loved about Zen when I got there. It was like it yeah. made sense there. Yes, yes. I, I, I know what you mean. I, I think you know. I went to school in in Missoula and Montana, and we also kind of thought we were. I thought I was Jack Kerouac and Neil Cassidy and. Um, my friend really was kind of wild, but I, I wasn't as wild. Um, but I remember people kind of talking about Buddhism in this sort of middle way, and um, which kind of felt like, I don't really know what that meant, you know, in, in a way, but I, I knew extremes. And in a way, I felt like I needed to be more extreme. I needed to go fully in with all of my being into something. And um, so I think when I started to, touch upon some of these old masters and saw they were pretty wild people they were they were really pushing it that was that made sense to me more than an idea of um you know some kind of um middle way i didn't i didn't quite understand that but i knew intensity and i knew i needed to put my intensity into something um, yeah well i remember i remember the roshi saying like you know, people may think that what we're doing here is extreme and it's not the middle way, but how do you know what the middle way is if you don't know what yeah, what either end is? You know, right. if you're, right. maybe your middle is way over here, you know, right. you don't know. Right, right. Love it. Um, so Jundo, he was kind of like a wild guy. Yeah, yeah. He was great. And like, like I said, uh, he was, uh, there's just something about him. There was just this aliveness about him that was sort of lacking in like even the 20 year old people that were around me in my classes yeah. and stuff. Um, he was just a, kind of a live wire. Yeah. Um, and you know, he was a painter, he was an artist. He, he's kind of a, um, he took me, he took me out painting. We, we would leave like six in the morning, five in the morning and drive out to the, the bluffs above the Missouri river and climb out and, yeah paint the the morning light and stuff yeah um yeah and it was he had been to sogenji several times he'd been to india and all over and and had several times gone to sogenji and he he was the one that encouraged me to go he's like you know you could just go to this place and just sit and see how deep you can go um, yeah yeah and he was he did some epic doku sessions yeah 
Yeah, Doku session is is a um, solo retreat, which I want to talk about later. But but Jundo, he was a pretty hardcore practitioner. Yeah, I think he always felt like he he didn't get to stay for long periods, and while he was there, he didn't want to. He just wanted to go deep. He he wanted to go on a Doku session. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So he he helped you kind of um, make the leap to Japan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I finished up my, my undergrad, um, the relationship I had in college disintegrated, right. um, that fell apart, and it was like I could either go to grad school or do this, and um, <laughs> I was actually, uh, you know, working temp jobs, yeah. thinking about it, like trying to slowly save up money, and uh, <clears throat> my, my car got hit, somebody slid into my car, and the insurance totaled it, you okay. know, declared it totaled and the value was like $900, which was exactly how much the, the plane ticket was. So uh, that's how I got my plane ticket and went to Japan. And it's funny, you know, there, when I, when I was at the, I had to report it, I had to go in the police office and like file a report and the clerk at the police office, um, I had been living in, in Washington or no, in Oregon, I had been living in Oregon. So I had an Oregon license plate or license driver's license. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, Oregon, have you ever been to Whidbey Island? And I was like, no, but I mean, I'm thinking, I, I already knew that, you know, Tahoma was on Whidbey Island. I don't know, it's just kind of a weird coincidence. <laughs> wow, wow. Um, so, and I think that something that's a little unique is that you went to, you went to Sogenji without really knowing the Roshi. Right. So you weren't like, there's this, you know, magical um, being there, I'm going to go try to just be around him. So that's really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, for me, I mean, it was, I was uh, just in love with the sitting and uh, sat all I could. You know, I, we had a, Jundo's group had used the, uh, this uh, interfaith uh, chapel at Stevens College. Yeah. And uh, like I got permission to to have it open at 6 a.m. So I was like doing morning sits every day. And most of the time it was just me. But you're just sitting all the time as much as I could. And uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. It, it was on, on Jindo's recommendation. That yeah. I could just yeah. go there. And and so you, you go to Japan, you take the Shinkans in, you know, and you, you arrive and you're you're there and there are all these foreigners and um, yeah. It's kind of a wild, strange place. Yeah, and I still remember the first time I ever saw the Roshi. It was like some kind of a formal lineup. And it wasn't Takohatsu, but it was this thing where like, there was a bunch of people lined up outside and he came out from the Gimcon. And I think what it was was uh, Bodhi had arrived back. Oh, really? Um, and, the, and the Roshi was like tearing him apart. I mean, I don't know what the situation was exactly, but I know there was like, there's some, something was going on. Like he had arrived back for something and the Roshi was pissed. And he was just like, so I'm standing there like staring at the ground, listening to this like, just like growling, barking. And then I, I like glance over out of the corner of my eye and he's just like beaming like a baby, like glowing like a baby. And I'm just like thinking, oh my God, you know, what have I got myself into? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. The the most scary person that you'll ever meet and right. the most shining, like beautiful, you know, kind of 
glow. Right. Yeah, exactly. I got all that like in the first 10 seconds. <laughs> and and um, I think, you know, so Genji has these sort of cultural waves, you know, so like I think at times it's a little wilder and then I think it, it calms down and everyone's kind of, you know, just studying or whatever real hard. And then there's a wild crew. It was pretty wild when you got there. Was it pretty... Um, pretty calm there in terms of people um i don't know that's a hard question yeah. i mean it was uh i didn't really have any reference point yeah. you know right. so right. uh seemed pretty wild to me yeah. <laughs> i don't know yeah. um yeah it was just i just remember uh i just loved it and the first because I arrived in no, in uh, November November first of ninety seven. I actually lost Halloween that year because I went over the international dateline on Halloween. Didn't get a Halloween in ninety seven. Um, so that November Osashin was my first one, and uh, I remember because I was sitting on the gaiton. I remember coming in during Osashin and just feeling this palpable energy yeah. in the zindo. Yes, and thinking I, I I recognized it immediately and what it it was exactly like being on stage at a punk show with the whole crowd and the, like the movement and the energy, this intensity, but it was completely quiet and completely still. Um, this is amazing. I love it. Yeah. I, I just want to kind of repeat what you're saying there. The, the intensity of the Zendo was the same feeling of being on stage at a punk show. That's just right. awesome. You know, and I think people don't, maybe can't even understand that but i'm i think part of why i'm talking to you today is to kind of reveal that that that's real that's really interesting you know yeah i mean i'm sure anybody who's been to a concert's felt that electricity and being yeah. being the focal point being on stage yeah. makes it even more intense i mean and it was that kind of feeling it was just like in the air just like crackling with this intensity yeah yeah yeah, yeah. wow and um so you stayed there um, for a while. First, you're just sort of figuring out how to exist there, probably. But um, you stayed and you got kind of hooked and you, um, you loved the life there somehow. And what did you love about it? Just the, it's just real. Just the, I mean, a big part of it that I think, that I think people don't really fathom is the, uh, just being exposed to the elements. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're just like, I remember that first, Osashin, it was cold. I mean, I mean, not as cold as it gets, but it got pretty cold. And I didn't, I remember like, I wasn't, I didn't know how to use chopsticks yet. I wasn't good at chopsticks. Yeah. And I remember going into breakfast and my hands were like numb with cold yeah. and I already was bad at chopsticks and I couldn't work the damn chopsticks. I remember just like being ready to burst into tears because I was so hungry. You know, we hadn't eaten since like 4.30 the night before. And I'm just like, I can't work the chopsticks. <laughs> it's just like... It, but it was great I mean it was just so rich I mean and, and you never like I don't know like also that first winter I remember just like late later in the winter just like there was a day I was doing there was a, a kinheen and it was getting to be just on the edge of spring like just almost to spring and I was just like, you know, like just shivering and shuffling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I realized that, you know, I was thinking like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And like, that had been like my mantra for like weeks and months through the winter. Like, this is just, you know, 
humans aren't supposed to be this cold. I'm going to get hypothermia. I'm going to have permanent medical damage. You know, there's just, I'm not supposed to be this cold. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And then like somehow this like sense of spring crept in. And that day I was walking Kenya, I was just like, oh, I'm not going to die. <laughs> this is not, it's gonna warm up spring's gonna come i mean you never just like feeling that in your bones yeah, yes. is such an experience i mean uh, you don't to be so cold for so long and then you know it's not it's just something in your bones it's deep in the ground like the spring is coming and you can uh, experience that as well wow love it i remember the for me the fear of winter would 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 come. I came actually on Halloween also, which oh, is no interesting. Um, so yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think actually, I, I think I actually came, arrived on Halloween, so I didn't miss it, but it was right there, you know. Um, but yeah, I remember the fear of winter and, and um, yeah, just, oh my gosh, and my, my shoulders start to creep up in the fall, you know, and there, there we go, you know, I'm, I'm, in, in the elements and you you'd rake the you'd rake the dirt one day and then that was it you know what i mean it would be frozen in that yeah that, that yeah, and then you, you have to keep going out and raking it anyway it's like frozen <laughs> solid you're just <laughs> like <laughs> uh, um and and so kind of real quick you um you really connected with kanzai-san as his inji you were in and that's, I think that's really interesting. So I think you, you connected with the Roshi, but you really loved Kanzai-san. I think that's really interesting if you could talk about that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Kanzai-san was the retired former abbot of the temple. Um, he was 93 when I met him. Um, and he was just amazing. I mean, he was just like a tank. I mean, he just was like rumbling along. Um, yeah. And is a is a really funny story how I came to be the Inji. I don't know. Have you ever heard that? No. About what what actually was going on? No. Because I don't. Know, can we name names? Like yeah. Jusan was Inji. Yeah, yeah. And he's this like really gregarious, <laughs> affable Australian guy. Really funny. Yeah. Spoke really good Japanese. Yeah. Um. And one morning at breakfast, we were all like sitting at the breakfast table, and somebody you know runs up to the Roshi and whispers in his ear. And he looks around, he has to get up and comes down. He's walking down the table and he's like, uh, Buradri. I was Buradri then. He's like, right. And I'm like, oh shit, what? You know, I, <laughs> he's just like, so I follow him down and he goes in there and it's just like this wild scene in Kanzai-san's house. Kanzai-san is like screaming and ranting and Jusan's running around. And, and uh, so I'm standing there with uh <laughs> with my head towel <clears throat> you know you've always got yeah, yeah we had these little dish towels that you wear on your head to protect from the sun so you know i go in that go in the house i take off my head head towel i'm standing there holding it for a long time just watching not and i don't speak any japanese i don't know what's going on so i kind of fold up my head towel so i'm not just holding it like loose to keep myself busy i'm folding it up i'm sitting there holding it folded still a long time so there's like a little stool by the, the by the door so i set the folded head towel down on the stool so i'm not just like holding it like an idiot yeah and uh, and all of a sudden kanzai son's walking across and he like points at my head towel and he's like Arivazokin. and i'm like oh crap <laughs> you know what did i do and and it, it, zoki he's like there's a rag 
there's a rag there. And so I like picked it up and to try to demonstrate that it wasn't a rag, that it was my head towel, I like put it on top of my head, all folded up. And I'm like, Watashi no fukin des, or you know, no, Watashi no atamazokin des. Like, this is my head rag. And, uh, and he just looked at me and he busted out laughing. He's just like, because, <laughs> well, what, what had been going on was that he had walked in on Jusan when Jusan was cleaning the bathroom and he was cleaning the bathroom with toilet paper. He had ripped off a, he was ripping off toilet paper and wiping down the toilet with it instead of using a rag. Right. That's what happened. And it just like exploded. Whoa. I mean, there was, there was other stuff going on too, I'm sure, but that was the, wow. what it was. Wow. Um, so then, yeah, Kongasan was like, I like this idiot. Get him in here. Yes. <laughs> wow. That is awesome. Um, Kongasan was a, a tea master and, um, I was, you know, just this live wire running around. And one time I went into his, into his little house there. And um, for some reason he, he wanted to give me a, a bowl of tea. I don't know why he, he liked me at that moment for some reason. And, and it was the first time I ever saw a tea master to whisk a bowl of tea. And um, it was so mind blowing for me. Yeah. See someone whisk a bowl of tea, like, and what 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 caught me was his complete lack of um, self consciousness. It was so simple what he was doing, but it kind of was just so shocking. I I think I have never done anything that that kind of free, you know, and that kind of um, simple, you know. So it really it really shook me to see that really simple thing and. Oh, this is the tea master. This is what that's really like. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, he was amazing. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, partly, I guess, being so old, but yeah, he just every everything he did was like that. Yeah. Um, I remember one time he got he was really sick, and we had to take him to the hospital, and like he couldn't get up out of his futon. Yeah. And like called in a bunch of guys came in. We're gonna like pick up the futon and carry him out to the car. Yeah. And like all, everybody's around, they picked him up, and we're about to carry him out the door. He's like, wait stop and he made us like hoist him up and he whisked himself a bowl of tea and has a bowl of tea and he's like all right now we can go <laughs> this is amazing wow um okay so you stayed there while you um you got ordained okay why do you, why did that happen how did that leap happen for you that you got ordained Wow, you know, it was, uh, for me, it was like just one, another way to like take it up a notch. Yeah. Like, what else can I do? How can I do more? Yeah, yeah. Um, looking back, maybe that wasn't the right mm -hmm. motivation. I don't know. There was a lot of me, like, I'm doing this. I'm going to do something awesome. I'm going to do as much as I can. Yeah. Level up. So there, maybe there was some misunderstanding about it, but at the same time, that's where I was. And that's what I had. Um, yes. It was 1999. Yeah. And, and that was, uh, yeah, I just saw it as like, what else can I give? What else can yeah. I do? Yeah. 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 No, it's, 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 it is ambiguous also how that all, um, happens and why I think, yeah. um, 
for for I think for a lot of us, well, like making that leap is is not really completely clear. I think yeah for a lot of people. Um, I think I remember uh, some people describing you. I think that you did you sit in like full lotus from like the first day. Um, not no, pretty early though. Yeah, I think you were pretty flexible. I was. I mean, I got long, thin legs. I think that makes it easy. Yeah, and also I was just like. I mean, being thrown into that much sitting. Yeah. I'm because I, I remember being on the Gaiton and just being just suffering. I mean, just like, yeah. Just I remember like being they had this vivid mental picture that my knees were just going to explode and blood was going to splatter across the shoji screens yeah. like some you know samurai movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just I was sure that was going to happen. It really hurt. Yes. Um, yes. And I and I could set full lotus. I had done it before. I you know back in the states for a little bit at a time. And yes. so I would switch it around. I would do a little full lotus and a little half lotus, and it didn't hurt any worse. Yes. Which okay. is not saying much because it hurt really bad. Right. But I was like, well, if it's going to hurt this bad anyway, I might as well go all the way. And yes. so that's kind of what I did from the beginning and just was kept with it from that. Right, right, right. Um, I want to talk just for a minute about um, your doku session, if we could. And, um, and, um, you were on a doku session for how long? A few months? Uh, it was like eight weeks, I think. Eight weeks, okay. Okay. Yeah. And you were up there and you were working on the moo. And um, and I remember hearing rumors that people had seen you at Circle K, which I think <laughs> is so fantastic. Because if you're in doku session, you're up there and you like, you know, maybe you go and you like grab some, you steal some like, um, spinach from the garden and eat you know what i mean you're like yeah. but you're at circle k i love that so much Does that really happened you, you, i mean you, you did a you did a doku session there too yeah, right yeah. okay yeah. so you know yeah yeah but it, it's yeah so it's like because everybody's together the song is always together so yeah. you, and you know the schedule yeah so you can come down and while everybody's like in one place doing one thing you can go to right. your box and get your tea bowl or right. you know right. you can go around and do stuff right and also yeah, I would just I would just take long walks just yes. to keep from losing my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I'd walk down the back of the mountain. There was this big, like, kind of quasi-industrial area with some big yeah. box stores, and I would just kind of walk along the sidewalk among the vending machines and the weird buildings, just like kind of feeling like a ghost. You know, it was just this weird. Yes. Yes. Sense of just just walking and walking. Nobody. Nobody knows where you are or cares you know yeah, you're just right, like a ghost right. um so yeah it's possible i might have turned up at, at circle k at some point <laughs> and um i don't know that we need to talk about um particulars of um like the, the moo and all that but i remember also hearing that like after you passed moo you went and you bought like a lawn chair from the um like <laughs> from the 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 store which i think is like totally fantastic also um like your yeah response. yeah it was it was, a, it was exactly the last day of the doku session because yeah. it was on one of these walks and i remembered like i saw this lawn chair that was like i don't know it was up high on a shelf and it was kind of like the holy grail you know this little halo behind it it was exactly like the one my grandparents had at the you know at Table Rock Lake and they were on the Ozarks with the nice webbing that's yeah. woven and it was yeah. like a thousand yen. <laughs> um, that was funny. And uh, yeah, when uh, the 
Yeah, I don't know how much to say about the the end of that doku session because it was more. I always thought of it more as a as a uh, as a breakdown, kind of. Yeah, I, I I don't agree. I don't agree with that. I, that's not what I see. So um, my take. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was I was just so like kind of crushed and confused and done uh -huh. at the end of it. Right. I I didn't even I didn't even realize that it was the end. I was really like, I remember Chisan telling me no. You, you don't have to go back up. You're done. I was like, what? I just, I just didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so like the free day after it, it ended on an O session, the free day after that O session, I had to go up back up to the hermitage and get my stuff. And uh, yeah, then I walked down the back of the mountain and went and got that lawn chair. I was just yeah. so tired of sitting on the floor. Yeah. Right. right. I was just like, that. I'm that. getting that lawn chair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I think that also brings up a really interesting point that, um, sometimes when we go through some changes that um, we don't even totally realize what has happened to us. So I think, I think that's partly what I'm saying, you know, is that um, something happened that, um, you know, you, you know, you've taken whatever years to process and whatever with all of that. I think that's a, a big, um, that's a good point to, to say is that some of this stuff that moves through us and purifies us and all that, it, um, it isn't always apparent what that what what it's really about at the time, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Like like I said, I for years I thought of it as like a failure, like a breakdown, like it, it just fell apart. Right. And uh, but yeah, what you're saying is true. There's I can't deny that something's changed that never went back. Yes, right. After that, um, right, right. And and I think a lot of it that I think that sort of tied into why why I ended up leaving. Yeah, when I did. It was because I had this really gung ho, like you know, I was like the guy that was going all the way. I was like the the this gung ho practitioner. Yes, I had a lot of identity wrapped up around that. Yes, and then I something happened, and I just got that just kind of broke apart. Yes, and then then it didn't make sense anymore. Yes, right. right. Um, so I was really just like float in this weird floating place. Yes, yes. Um. Yeah, and and it was after that time that was when I was um, got into my relationship with with Nev, who would later become my wife. Yes, and that yeah. you know that uh, the work we were doing together in that relationship became so real, like yeah. that became the real work. Yes, and I just and I still had like such a love and respect. I just felt uh, for like the Zendo life and that training life. I did, and I thought what. Well, it just seemed different. I just, I didn't, I wanted to go, I wanted to leave. I wanted us to go do that elsewhere and not because that wasn't what yeah. I thought of as the Zendo life. I, so. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. So that led, led and to learn to um, explore all of that um, out in the world and, and see what, yeah. yeah, to press against that and, and to, um, see what comes back at you and uh, no, completely. Okay, and, and so you left training and you um, came back and um, you guys moved around quite a bit. Nev was in, um, she was doing graduate school and we're in Chicago, is that right? Yeah, we, we came back to, uh, we landed back in Portland. Portland she started, right. she hadn't started her undergrad, so she started some undergrad at, right. at, in Portland, PSU, then we went down to Eugene, lived in Eugene for a few years. Yeah. Um, 
that's where I did a lot of practice at, at the Soto Temple in Eugene, Butsugenji with Ajo McMullen. Right. Really a great time. Yes. Right. We right. Learned a lot there. Yes. Right. Um, How would you say that felt different than being with the Roshi? Um, well, like ask anybody that knows Ajo, and the first thing they'll say is he's a great guy. I mean, he is. He's just like this warm, gregor gregarious presence. I mean, he's just giving kind guy yes um really big nice established sangha really warm family kind of feeling in that sangha yeah um and it, and it was it was different because it, it was soto shio there the doku song was like a conversational kind of thing yeah um there was a lot of dharma study that was one thing i i realized <clears throat> after i got back i knew like it was really embarrassing actually i knew absolutely nothing about buddhism yeah. i would come in there so that's where I learned all of my like Buddhism 101, like the six paramitas and the eightfold path and the six realms and how to set up an altar and you know all that stuff I learned there. Um, that's been you know really sustaining for my practice. That's really interesting. Yeah, no, I I, I think to so Genji, you're like this. You're really doing this physical, um, physical embodied kind of practice and. People will come to the temple and they say, what does that statue mean? We have no idea. We have no idea what that statue means. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you might learn it like if that, if you, if you get that position at Kotai where you have to take care of that, then I think you might learn that. But I did like, you know, I did four, four position, you know, four terms as NG. I didn't do a lot of the other um, positions. Right. So. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then actually Nev got a, a scholarship back in uh, right. uh, Nagoya. We did a year back in Japan in 2006. Right. So that was wild. <laughs> that was wild. That was right. Wow. Wow. Um, Nev's, Nev's kind of a super brain, by, by the way. So, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then after that, we came back. That's, after that, that's when we went to Chicago okay. when she did grad school. Yeah. Um, and then after grad school, we were back on the West Coast. She did her, her postdoc at Stanford. Yeah. Um, our son was born in yeah. Chicago. Yeah. And since, from the time he was born to now, we moved like five times, I think, for different jobs and schools. Yeah. And right, 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 right. All over the place. And um, so, okay, so what's, um, how does it, how does this all relate to your, you know, your life now? What is it? Are you, are you still, um, is it still with you? Is it still, you know, kind of in the forefront of, of what, what and who you are, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And, and, but how and why, yeah, that, that's the million dollar question. And it's been now like 20 years. I mean, I left in 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of years, like trying to put it behind me, like, uh, you know, that was a, that was a waste that was, you know, what was that all about? I'm going to do something else. I'm going to forget about it. Right. Um, and then slowly coming to terms with it, like taking responsibility for it. Um, yeah. Trying to figure it out. And it took a really long time um, to come. But yeah. I don't know. I, I always like I'm a too critical, I'm yeah. <laughs> too self-critical. Yes. Um, but uh yeah, I think becoming a father is what really brought it home 
Yeah. I mean, it's been since, it's been in the last five years. Yeah. I think that things have really gotten real. Yes. Um, because I just, I just felt like, I mean, you're just like called on, you just, you have to have a capacity that you're, what you're called on is beyond your capacity. Yes. Like yeah. to, to love or to have this patience or this energy, all of it is way beyond yes. personal capacity. I mean, and it's impossible, but yes. the stakes are so high. I mean, you have this like perfect shining yes. being that you have to like go beyond yourself to really take care of. Um, right. Right. And yeah, <laughs> it's just, I remember thinking like, uh, when my son was born, I mean, I, I remember thinking it was just like Sanzen, except you you never get to leave. You don't get wrung out. You're just like in there with him for like hours and days and weeks, and he's screaming and crying, oh and you can't leave. Yeah, that's right, 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 right. I remember when Rose was born. Um, you know, it's like oh, they they left us. We here we are. You know, at one a.m. You know, everybody left us. Just Teresa and, and myself and Rose. You know, it's like. Like you say, we're not wrung out. We don't get to go do our thing now. You know, yeah. you know yeah. there, there's, there's Rose. There's, you know, we're still in Sansa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, yeah, and just, uh, what can I say about, I think what it's come back to is, <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've asked myself that question a lot of times. Like, what was the, what was that all about? Like, what was the takeaway? I mean, nostalgia is great and I love it, but what, what was the same then and, and what's from that here now? Yeah. And uh, what I keep coming back to is there is these like, I don't know, indelible moments for lack of a better word. Like, like, like um, you know, the, the sunlight coming through leaves and the shadows and the, and the light interplaying across the tatami, just like, yeah those moments yeah and they're they're not exclusive to that experience they're like all the time here yeah always here yeah i mean and that's it sounds like nothing you're like so what right, right. but it is not it is everything you know it's like right that's and not and not just that it is everything it's like the keyhole yeah to everything it's like the entry point yes it's the invitation um love it and and uh and keeping it in your body like being yeah. finding finding that like not letting that be an idea but like yes um that you know i've done doing doing aikido doing running all that stuff has come like within the last five years for me yeah. i mean i was never an athletic person yeah and like i said the whole experience of sogenji was so visceral and but so much of it was um environmental it was the elements yeah. you know and the situation and the schedule and, and the gruelingness of it and then how do you recreate that how do you get in that embodied situation in the cushy luxury of you know life back home yeah 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 right um right I, um yeah and i think um you know at, at so genji you have all this you have all this energy 
this the the key or chi in Chinese, it's always there. It's always full. You're always just kind of bubbling over with it. And um, and I think um, you know part of the trick is um, for for us is um, out in out in the world to you know have touched upon that that life energy, and then to um, through our own creativity. Um, see how that is 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 always present and always engaged. We can always engage with that continually and without um, you know. I think again, I think there's a cumulative idea of of practice where if I just do more, then I, we'll all get in there more. And instead, that we can kind of see, oh, at all moments, I can I can touch this and engage with it and have it be alive and without um, that particular circumstance, which we, I think people tend to grasp onto, oh, practice happens over there, you know? Yeah, and it's, I remember, I'm thinking of a time, like, you know, there's there's always hard times, right? And with, with family life, there's difficult situations. And I remember sometimes, like, just, hitting this this wall this impossible place where your brain is like telling you these two equally unacceptable yes. alternatives and uh, i remember being in that place and just having to like leave and go run yeah um like in, in pleasant hill california they had a great like bike path system so i would just go run for an hour yeah and just get that all out and somehow from my body i would just Come, come to understand that those those two unacceptable alternatives that my brain was presenting me with are not necessarily all there is. There's the whole there's my body. There's the whole universe, you know. Yes. Yes. And and through that, just to be able to go back and and allow for the possibility of something else. Yeah. 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 Um, right. Right. Wow. Right. 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 Cool. 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 Um, let's see. Um, how about anything else you'd like to share with, um, with, you know, anyone who's out there watching? Um, yeah. What, um, what's, what's, what's the last thing you, you want to say today? Oh, man. <laughs> um, just that, like that. Like I said, like that, the those the indelible moment thing that I was talking about. Yes. That it's, that it's available. That it's yes. here, and that it's not. I hear a lot of times. I hear people say stuff like, uh, you know, ordinary mind is the way. You know, like you don't have to do anything. Um, right. And I want to emphasize that, like, even like, I did, like, what forty-two O sessions in three and a half years. Yeah, and on this really intense situation, like steeping in it, and then it still took twenty years. Yeah, trying running away from it. Um, it's not like it doesn't take any work. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it is always there. Yeah, but um, it's not a done deal. Yeah, you can't just, you can't just say that. Yes. You know? Yes. And even then, it's just it's just the entryway. It's just the Yes. pinprick yes um but that's so exciting to me yeah what's the alternative 
yeah. that there, you know, there's no hope, but there is hope. There is this path. There is this way, and it's real. Yes. Um, yes. Right. So, yeah. If I can share that with anybody, that's all I want to do. Wow. Okay. Well, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, this is my first no, I, rodeo. What's that? Thank you. I want to, I mean, I was going to say a little while ago, like I said, all the work from the time my son was born for the last five years. And so, and all the, all of your writing, all the stuff from your blog has been invaluable to, to me, to getting by, to working this all out. And I want to yeah. thank you for that. For real, oh, well, it's thank Thanks. Thank you for that. It's my pleasure. Um, yeah, it's, I think, um, you know, I, I do all that writing to process my own, my own internal, um, you know, clarity with, with all of it. So, um, yeah, I'm glad it, I'm glad it, um, hits, hits home on, you know, for certain people, that's really wonderful for, for me. It keeps me going with it. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to sign off here. Wonderful to talk with you. Um, have a great day. Um, thanks you for listening. What's that? Thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Okay. Okay.